Welcome to the Spirited Advocate podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Spirited Advocate podcast, and thank you again for joining us. We've got two special guests today from Marble Distillery in Colorado. And what I love about this whole platform, when you go on the Marble Distillery website, uh, the first thing that you see is cocktails with a conscience. And their whole platform is about sustainability. And as many of you may be aware, uh, Discus is very invested in supporting our industry efforts related to sustainability. So we are pleased to have with us the co-founders, Miss Connie Baker and her great husband, Carrie Shanks, joining us. And they're going to tell us about their sustainability efforts, their beautiful distillery uh, right outside of Aspen, Colorado. So uh, Connie and Carrie, welcome and thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, if you don't mind. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Carrie and I... Uh, are happily married for 20 plus years now, yeah. and uh, which is amazing working together every day, but we work in the distillery uh, currently seven days a week, and uh, we're still together and loving what we're doing. All day, all day. I don't know, look, I'm happily married too, but I it, it would be tough if I had to work with my wife every day, but so y'all are troopers, and uh, you know, these are tough jobs that y'all have taken on, right? Uh, but really uh, doing good. And what's amazing about what y'all have done to position yourself is your mo your motto is drink sustainability. Tell us about that and tell us about the distillery and how y'all kind of came up with that platform. So I, th I think there are two facets to it. So I'll take one, Connie will take the other from the high level. Uh, gosh, I lived on a tribal land from 93 to 2000 and started with opening a landfill, helping people get to use it. And then we moved into cut and sewn manufacturing with recycled materials, organic cotton that grew in colors. And so when I left there in 2000, I started to work with governments and developers to try to inspire them to think of sustainability as a business model, right? And what I came to find out is it's top down. You know, you, the capital's got to lead the way. And yep. there weren't a lot of people back then that really saw the avenue. You had your Patagonias and your inspired companies early on, even the Whole Foods. So now let's drop to a very practical and pragmatic side of distilling when we started going around seeing what others were doing. Uh, as we wanted to enter the space. I came, I went to distilling school in 2010 thinking I would become a hobbyist and I fell in love the minute I walked into the distillery in Spokane where I studied, called Carrie and said, you know, we're going to do this. I, I joke that I switched from drugs to booze. I used to be a big farmer. And, uh, and when we toured many, many distilleries um, around uh, the country, we were surprised by how much waste 
um, is in this industry. It's just the, a natural byproduct of what yeah. we're making here. And we decided we were going to do something very different. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information out there that we had to develop. Um, we put together a team of engineers, a blue sky approach to tackling this problem. But what we wanted, what everyone else was seeing as waste product, we wanted to look at as uh, something we could reuse. A resource. A resource rather yeah. than a waste product. And so from spent mash to waste water, uh, which was hot water, uh, which is energy, we just decided to take a completely different approach to looking at that and being able to reuse it as a resource. That's amazing. I'm proud to say uh, that uh, just over the past year at Discus, we have formed a sustainability uh, uh, committee. Really, to, to I know by some of the larger companies now they're you know a little bit better situated, right? As not being startup businesses, they do a lot of great, great work on sustainability. And I know there's a pure effort by craft distillers all around the country to do that as well. But marble distilling is really leading the way, and. Uh, I am excited uh, to announce on the podcast, we announced it about a month or so ago, that we are partnering with the US EPA on a distillery energy starter platform. Y'all's distillery is designed just for that, right? Just for that. And we would encourage everybody uh, in the distilling community to reach out to us here at Discus and learn more about the EPA energy star program, because that is really an opportunity and the US EPA is there to help distilleries, right? Uphold high standards of sustainability uh, and be a, be a guide for them, right? Has, has the rest of the craft industry kind of used y'all as a guide uh, to kind of upgrade? Because at the end of the day, sustainability, in addition to conservation, it's, it's saving money ultimately, right? It's economically efficient, right? Yeah. And Karen will talk a little bit about the economics of it, but we are thrilled that the that what Discus is doing and also how um, inspired we are that so many craft distillers have reached out to us. We, we have been working on this since 2014, basically when we put our team together um, and built the building and opened in 2015 and, and been tweaking it every year because it is some new, it's not new technology, it's off the shelf, but new way of putting the process systems together. And it works and it's um, not only does it save money, but it's absolutely affordable for smaller distilleries to do, which I think is one of the major hurdles, as you said, because the big guys do have deeper pockets, but we have proven that it can be done, that it um, makes sense from a financial standpoint, as well as a, um, a green standpoint, and also from a marketing standpoint, marketing to your customers who, especially the, the millennials who really care. I joke, I'm old, I'll be dead, but yeah, yeah. we'll be here for them. So we need to help them and provide them with a great planet once we're gone. But there's no reason to sacrifice anything with creating wonderful, we have award-winning craft spirits and that those do not give up, that doesn't give up anything to that side of the business. Totally. Could you tell us a little bit about just, you know, from a 30,000 foot level, uh, some of the sustainability platforms that you have at the distillery? How do you, how, what's the story behind all the hard work uh, that has just created the platform that you have? So 
when we talk about sustainability, uh, we come at it from a whole, whole systems approach. So I really appreciate that you dug into the idea of it's, it's not just about environment, is it? It's about three platforms, uh, environment, uh, social, and financial. And so from when we started this business and building the building, we designed in materials that built the building with either reused or recycled content uh, to the way we operate the building and locally sourced goods like grains a mile away, but within the state of Colorado. So that limits your carbon footprint. Um, But also really the biggest, deepest dive is process engineering. So what we found was that wastewater and thermal mass of that could be put into a closed loop system. And we call it the water and energy thermal system. So we have two super insulated 5,000 gallon tanks, a hot one and a cold one. And we take all of our condenser water and push it straight back to the hot tank. And that becomes a big battery. And we start to pull from that, even for cooling, Because interestingly, we got rid of a uh, chiller about a year and a half ago and moved over to a heat pump to make this the most efficient system we could. So we recapture all totaled in BTUs, about 1.8 billion BTUs on an annual basis. Current production, that's about 20 homes worth of annual energy use. And the water, because water here is really, really important. Um, not that I want to see a next world war, but if it happened, it might be over water. Water. Um, I mean, there's water challenges all over the world. All we, over. We don't maybe realize it here as much unless, you know, an event happens like up in Michigan yep. or what have you. But it is, it is, it is mother's milk for yeah, life. It really is. You think of El Paso and the RO system that you have there for creating energy. I happened to dive into that for a while, looking to clean the dirty water that makes potable water and create energy at the same time. That's a digression. We'll go there another day. But along with that is 4 million gallons of water conserved in that closed loop system. So we can pull nighttime cold air from an EVAP cooler to have the cold water. So that ambient temperature is in the 40s in the tank and the hot tank is uh, in the 120s. So we use that on a regular basis. And if we have too much, we can put it into our slabs for snow melt that we don't have to use uh, energy. Up at, uh, on the roof, we have 35 kW of solar. That's about 65% of the way to net zero for our purposes. It's amazing. So y'all are using solar panels. Solar panels. Okay. Yeah. So we've committed in 2022 to be at net zero. You know, part of it really that social element, this town, this valley, this state is very progressive in terms of environmental issues. And um, I'd rather the government not tell me how to do it and where to spend my money. But we worked in tandem with the local government when we were building our building and kind of overshot their goals. Um, and then to your point of the EPA, we're working with the State Department of Health and Environment through sustainability, and that's connected to the EPA. So we'll probably see you at some talks along the way where we could work together and share this message with everybody. And also USDA, they're very helpful to craft distilleries, especially if you happen to be in a rural uh, you know, 
environment. And um, want to help. Exactly. So we've had some help from USDA. We're kind of their poster child for sustainability uh, measures, and they've helped us along the way. And so in addition to the savings of energy and water, um, we have the, you know, we're working with these different entities that are helping us get the message out there that it's absolutely doable because the first month that we installed our heat pumps and eliminated our chiller, uh, which is the biggest energy user in distilleries, we cut our fossil fuel usage in half, but doubled our production. So there was a cost savings for, uh, the lower gas bills, the lower electricity bills, the lower water bills, um, and also we're using less energy and we're still creating the same great product. And Carrie, I mean, I, for both of y'all, Carrie and Connie, y'all had to probably make some investments early on, but it's probably paid back tenfold, right? Is that fair, fair to say? Apart from the social and the environmental and sustainability aspect of it, I mean, this is just smart uh, business planning, right? It, it is. And, and for the long term, if you think about the payback, it's, you know, it's exponential. Um, not only are you saving money on the cost of your utility bills, uh, but you um, are, you know, getting marketing out of it. You are. Um, well, it goes know. from your cost of goods goes down yeah. on a per bottle basis on production. So your, your margin from cost of goods on your FOB goes up and then you go to the value add. But to speak directly to your question, uh, when we first put in this wet system, which was really the big part mm -hmm. of it, right? Um, it, it, we analyzed that to be about a 10 year payback. And we saw that payback and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars on top of what you would normally put into a building like this. Uh, in about five years. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. a lot of that was the engineering, which we have shared with more than 30 distilleries. If someone reaches out to us and what well, we did not want to own this, we want everyone to be able to take advantage, take of advantage of this. And if we all save, do our part and save some water, it's good. It's a win-win for everybody. Better, yeah. yet. Better yet. I've got to tell on myself when we, my family and I, we moved in our house, uh, uh, 13 years ago, my neighbor was all over me. You, I'm, I'm putting solar panels in. You ought to do it. And I blinked and didn't do it. And I've lived to regret it every day because whenever the power goes out, their lights are on. I mean, uh, apart from that, and then the savings uh, in addition to that. It was interesting. I was uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, uh, over the weekend, and I visited Acre Distillery. I don't know if you've come across Acre Distillery, but their distillery is completely powered 100%, and looks like y'all are going to get there, completely powered by some sol solar panels. He's got a parking lot right next to the distillery, and the solar panels are powering his complete distillery, and what y'all are doing is just amazing, and y'all being evangelists for the rest of the craft distilling community uh, is just brilliant because it will help everybody understand the multiple benefits that y'all are extracting from this effort. The Spirited Advocate podcast is sponsored by Dimensional Insight. This past year has certainly brought big changes to the spirits industry with a shift from on-premise to off-premise sales and new consumer brand preferences. 
Data is key to helping your organization navigate these changes. With Dimensional Insights technology, you can access your data when and where you need it to make more impactful decisions. Dimensional Insights technology is available on your desktop, laptop, tablet, or phone, so you can always see the numbers you need to better understand your business. Find out why so many of your peers trust Dimensional Insight. Learn more at www.beverage.dimins.com. That's www.beverage.dimins.com. So just as important, obviously, we got to talk about the brands, right? So you go on to the Marble Distilling website. It's Cocktails with a Conscience, right? So tell me a little bit about Gingerella help me with this vodka 80. I think I got that right. So tell us about the brands a little bit. I wonder why I can't wait to try the ginger ale. So we, um, you know, when we started as a craft distiller, you're, you're, you don't have whiskey right away. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting until those barrels tell you they're ready. So we started out with, uh, our vodka, our marble vodka, we call it vodka 80, it's 80 proof. Um, but it's made with the Colorado soft white wheat and malted barley. It's delicious. It's filtered through marble from the quarry, 26 miles up the road. The Yule quarry is where the home of the, where the Lincoln Memorial came from and the tomb of the unknown soldier. It's one of only two metamorphosized limestone quarries in the world. And so limestone, you know, makes beautiful water for bourbon and spirits. Um, It also is a great filtration method. So our vodkas are all filtered over crushed jewel marble and they have a little bit of minerality, delicious. And the ginger cello is actually a a take on a limoncello. All of the uh, gentlemen who work at the quarry are from Carrara, Italy. So they helped us with that recipe. And so it's a ginger forward version of a traditional uh, cello, um, really bright and fruity. And then we have our Moonlight Espresso, which is um, actually my mom's recipe. It's a, it's so a, yeah, my mom always made this at the holidays when I grew up as a kid. And so when I came out of school, she gave me her recipe. And it's um, uh, a dark espresso liqueur that's all natural, made with uh, locally roasted Guatemalan coffee and um, a Uganda vanilla bean. It's just, uh, it's our biggest award winner, actually. It's really, it's delicious. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> and right. the, yeah. It sounds like y'all try to source most of your materials right from within the neighborhood, right? We really try hard. We work with local ranchers who grow uh, some of grains, but everything is sourced from within Colorado, some within a mile of the distillery, and all of the spent mash goes back to those same ranches to feed the cattle. So uh, very low carbon footprint, everything very close by. We use Colorado beet sugar for all of our sugars because that's a local Colorado. Again, just to keep our carbon footprint down, our local roaster roasts our coffee for us, and um, all of our compost goes back to local ranches for zero waste in the production facility with nothing going down the drain. Um, and all of our corn comes from Palisade just around the corner for our whiskeys. And so we have a, our, our, whis- our first whiskey came out about three years after we opened. Uh, it's, it, we call it Hoover's Revenge in honor of one of our pooches, one of our distillery dogs. And um, so we've also got bourbon and whiskey now. Finally, it took a long time. That is awesome. That is awesome. Not to put you all on the, all on the spot, but, you know, uh, it, when I came to Discus, it, Discus hadn't really been engaged in the sustainability platform. And obviously it is so critical 
today with the challenges associated with climate change, and we all kind of do our part. Any thoughts? What can DISCUS do more? Obviously, platforms like the Spirited Advocate podcast is a component of it. We've got a great uh, early days working committee. Is there more that DISCUS could do? We're very, very excited about the Energy Star platform for distilleries, and that's going to create an opportunity. And we've picked up, uh, I think USDA may offer uh, around the country, and we're digging into this, uh, uh, college students that are looking to get their environmental degree, they can help distilleries do audits, right? For free, they can come in and do an on-site kind of review of the distillery and identify where there may be some cost savings to extract from. Any thoughts? What can Discus be doing more as we're in the early days of this, of really bringing the industry commitment to sustainability to life and, and bring in what you all do every day to life across distilleries around the country? I'll start and then hand it off to Connie because the analytics part is really robust and we want to talk about what we're doing in order to maybe team up with you all and what some financial assistance EPA and these different groups are kicking in. Because I think there's a really smart play there to show efficiencies from, you know, what your mash bill is to what your heat is to your bricks when you come off of fermentation. We take it all the way through a systematic approach of analyzing everything to the point where what's our yield, right? So yeah. I think we could all work together instead of, you know, when we when we say something's universal, right? Everybody's using, instead of metrics or whatever, you know, American inches, let's all be on the same page and work together. I think Connie and I, we do take a little sense of pride. We, we appreciate some people have called us the gold standard, but I, I really want people to understand from, Marble's perspective, we're just like everybody else trying to differentiate our brand from, you know, Diageo and mm -hmm. the cool work they're doing on recycled content bottles. Bacardi, Bacardi's part of the system. Yeah, the big guys yeah. are. Yeah. I'm trying to get my hand on some of those. I've talked <laughs> to the guys that are running that. But, you know, this is a team effort. We're in the fun business responsibly, right, which you guys yep. are doing a great job of. Um, but we want to bring people together. And I know the EPA wants to help with that. So the one thing that I would cause people to think about, for me, the environmental side is more Machiavellian because in this country, not to be disparaging, but a lot of people are like, oh, I got enough water. I got enough resources. They don't think like that. They don't think about it. Right. So when you come at it from a social component, which is to build local economy, and then come at it from the financial side, I think more and more, to be quite candid, the big companies are going to see value in this process engineering, not just the crafties. Um, we want everybody to come in. The water's warm because there's a lot of benefit in the different strata of what we've seen mm -hmm. that we think everybody can benefit from. And we all do well as business, right? Because what Connie and I talk about uh, coming from a political theory background, people are voting less and less in the poll booth, right? But we vote with our pocketbooks. Absolutely. Right? We want to get behind a story. We want to get behind people that are doing things the right way. But we know that we make a dent, right? 
Um, so what can we all do with purpose uh, that brings a little more meaning to what we do in life? Not to be a, too much of an evangelist here, but um, that people will want to participate with companies Absolutely. like ours, with Brown Foreman, with Diageo, with Proximo, with Boom Suntory, you name it. Suntory, there you go. Absolutely. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's all about the experience. And so if you can, you know, t- if people can experience um, when they're having a cocktail, we like to say people are drinking less, but they're drinking better yeah. and they want to experience. They want to know what every, what's going on. What are you doing? And so that's what differentiates all, all of us, the big guys and the little guys. What can we give them a little bit of an experience with? And so if we can talk about it more like shows, like what you're putting on now, um, we can get that word out there and we're willing to share our information. And so anyone's welcome to call us and, and find out what we're doing and maybe use a little piece of it, not a whole part of it, but we are working with several interns and this uh, now with through Colorado department of um, energy and health. We've got another MBA student who's working on his MBA in sustainability and um, so we'll have him for about six months. We've got an intern from Villanova here for a year. So that you're right, those resources are available to people to use that can, and they can help them find out what you can do in your own place of business. Win, win, win for everybody yeah. and society for everybody. as well. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just thank you all for your engagement with Discus and your support. And uh, we will want to take full advantage of that for sure. Uh, Y'all engage in the public policy process, right? Uh, What's your view? Have you had uh, members of Congress or policymakers visit the distillery? Uh, And if not, we'll help with that because it's obviously helpful for them to see what's possible in what y'all are doing. Uh, How important is it for y'all to engage in the public policy process? I bet you started when you were going to distilling class you probably didn't realize how active you needed to be in the public policy process right because being a master distiller great business person understanding the economics of sustainability everybody's got to be a lobbyist for the industry as well and I know lobbyist sounds like a bad term but you got to be advocates to help tell the story for small craft distilleries around the country for the larger craft, the larger distillers as well, right? How important is that, and how how involved have y'all been in Colorado uh, in terms of engaging with the process, like the Craft Beverage Modernization Tax Reform Act? How does all that come together, and why is it so important? If you don't mind, if I ask. Well, even as a small guy, we have to be involved. If you're not involved, you better not be out there complaining about what happens. Um, We've been on Zoom calls, podcasts. Um, uh, We did one with Governor Polis, another one with Senator Bennett. I mean, we are very involved in that. Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper, uh, All of them. We're involved. And we've had the head of USDA here um, several times. Uh, Sally Clark uh, for Colorado, and we are super involved in all of those things because we have to be. If if we don't, then uh, who will be for us? You guys are awesome. You do an amazing job, but we have to participate. And so it's very important for us to be involved in all these things. Not, yes, we write letters, but yes, we reach out and do whatever we can and agree to 
be on any kind of format so that we have a voice. I, I think what's important about the involvement of the little guy, it's, you know, you can tell we don't think of it as David and Goliath. I mean, sometimes we feel that way. It's sometimes, a heck yeah. of an industry to compete in. Um, but when people come together and the big guys are there, whatever industry, what other format, I think having some of the the up and comers to be participating, I, I gotta say, I think it's inspirational and it's identification with the marketplace to say, hey, we've participated in this, we've benefited from support from government and we wanna give something back. And that, and that can be showing people what they can do. Uh, it can be working with the bigger companies to inspire everybody to do their part, right? and to then benefit from it, right? Our story is pretty, uh, it's just, I don't know, candid. I don't want to say honest, right? Because it's not truth, like- Truth, yeah. yeah. It's, just, yeah. It's, being, it's being the truth. And so I think having the little guy at the table to represent when big companies go in and talk with government, it's kind of an everyday thing. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, I don't always identify with that, but where I see somebody participating. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And Carrie and Connie, that, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to leverage the resources of discus, uh, really to unite the spirit suppliers together, large and small, uh, because we're, we're stronger and more effective if we come together. And 95% of the time, the large and small guys probably agree with the same issues, right? Every once in a while, there's going to be 5% where, you know, uh, there's something more of interest to a craft distiller versus the larger distiller. And that's our job at Discus to kind of navigate through all of that and try to find common ground. But this I know, we're stronger as a united industry, uh, advocating for the industry's interests advocating for social responsibility, which has to be to the core, because I know we both want our consumers to enjoy the ginger cello or the vodka 80 as intended, drinking better, not more, enjoying it, bringing, bringing people together, right? And contributing back to society like Marble Distilling is doing. So, uh, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, let me just say thank you for engaging with us. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, I cannot wait to be able to come visit the distillery and try it firsthand. Now, I, I'm at a hotel room in Austin, Texas today. I'm usually back at the fort and I could uh, uh, do a toast and a cheers for y'all, but I didn't open up the mini bar yet. Uh, That's so a big I, mini bar behind you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a nice <laughs> so, so with that, uh, we always end the in the podcast with a couple of fire up questions. So we, I'm sure we've all been sticking close to home. I've been vaccinated, so that's why I'm traveling now. Um, but if you could have a cocktail anywhere in the world, apart from Carbondale, because y'all live in almost paradise anywhere. Where would y'all have that cocktail at? And what would be the cocktail that you would have? You're, you're going to get two different answers here. <laughs> okay, that's Connie's, all right. 
Connie circumnavigated the globe about three times and been to Abu Dhabi to the Chinese wall. So I can't wait to hear her idea. Well, it's not going to be Qatar because I couldn't drink when I was there. Uh, that's right. That's right. And they've done that too. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a, it's a little tough, but it would definitely be on a beach because when you live in the mountains, we miss the beach and it would probably be some delicious rum drink uh, because I don't make my own rum. And so I'm, I like to, whenever I go to another place to have a cocktail, I like to drink what's local. And so awesome. I would be on a beach drinking rum. Yeah. Cocktail with an umbrella, right? Yes, right? absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're, we're like uh, Donnie and Marie. She's a little bit rock and roll. I'm a little bit country. <laughs> country. Yeah. Uh, yin and yang. So mine's a little bit different. One time, Connie and I went, we flew into Thailand, into Bangkok, and then from Cambodia, beamed into Vietnam. And we ended up in Hanoi on a train going to a town called Sapa, which is a mountain town, very pro-Western back in the day when we were over there doing bad things. Um, and we ended up in a little village on a Russian motorcycle in a thatch hut with the family out of a seven, uh, a seven up two liter bottle drinking their local moonshine. Wow. And it, it, wow. was, it was fermented the five most poisonous snakes in the world. And uh, I told you was I lived it made on, out of rice. You think it was made yeah, out of rice? Right. It, was Probably. Right. Yeah. it was rice with these coiled snakes. And I didn't tell you when I lived on Hopi, my my Hopi name was Sutyama, means to carry a snake. <laughs> so crazy. the most the coolest thing I've ever done is be with these people in their local community drinking their rice wine, you know, their with homemade snakes. spirit. Yeah, that is awesome. I tell you, I had a chance to go to Vietnam, uh, spent most of my time. I was in Hanoi, but spent most of my time in Da Nang and the people there are so warm and oh my God. Uh, welcoming. Right. It was hard. I'm, it's probably not appropriate for the podcast, but I've never been to Vietnam before. And, I, you know, I, I was born in 66. So just had some sentiments of, you know, the terrible Vietnam War and all the challenges associated with that. And they are they're just sweet, welcoming people. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you all had that same experience. And it's hard to imagine that we were, you know, our country was in that conflict conflict with them, you know, now 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago, I guess, but uh, that's an amazing experience. We will like snakes, look, though, when you come, when you come stay at our inn, uh, <laughs> we will sit down and talk about that because we had some really warm experiences yeah. with some really neat wonderful. people. And I'm sure we could, you know, kick off our conversation talking about our time there because I couldn't agree with you more. I was born in 66 too. Me too. Yeah. Had the same uh, kind of preconceived notions. Right. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. And that's what cocktails do. It brings people together. Right. Uh, And uh, that's that's what's so awesome about this industry and what y'all do every day. And just those experiences, beach, uh, beach rum cocktail with an umbrella. In that time, somewhere in the middle of Vietnam, right? You were there 
with great people coming together as Americans and 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 folk, folks from that local area there. It's just awesome. So, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, Marble Distilling, anybody, if you're close to Carbondale, Carbondale, uh, Colorado, which is about 30 minutes outside of Aspen, yep. do go and go online and check out their website because you really get a real positive feel with this great distillery and what uh, Carrie and Connie are doing uh, for society. And thank you for being engaged with discus and responsibility.org. And we appreciate you. I wish I could toast you, but I'll give you a thumbs up. Have a great day. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Take Thanks, care. guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The Spirited Advocate Podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.